Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Let us pray. Oh God, you gave your only son to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. And by his glorious resurrection, you delivered us from the power of death. Make us die every day to sin that we may live with him forever in the joy of the resurrection through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Victoria, what is this? Egg. It's an egg. Can you open it? What's inside the egg? Nothing. There's nothing in this egg. Does that make you happy or sad? Sad. Because sad. an egg, we think, should have candy on Easter or a prize. Well, today we're going to hear a story about something else being empty. Do you remember the book we read this morning about Jesus? And what happened when they went to Jesus' tomb? Was it like this egg? It was empty. But were they sad? No. We were so happy because Jesus said that he would come back and his tomb was empty. And we hear that good news today. Now, I'm trying to teach Victoria the response. So I'm going to say, Christ is risen. And what else do we say? Everybody say it back. Christ, Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.
Um, Lorindo, do we have music for the gospel acclamation? All right. I invite everybody to stand as you are able. And those of you who know the words will sing with me the gospel acclamation. Um, it's pretty much alleluia. And then asking God where we're going to get God's word. Eventually expecting to find Jesus' corpse, some of the women among his followers go to the tomb with embalming spices. After a perplexing encounter with the empty tomb and angelic visitors, the women become the first to proclaim the amazing news of resurrection. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So, this is one of the Gospels that comments on the thing that... Um, most women are familiar with, where you tell people something and the guys don't believe it, and they go check, and you were right. Just gonna mention, the gospel meant points that out. <laughs> but this is, this is the culmination of the story that we've been telling, and that, that we celebrate every Sunday anyway, but are invited back into a period of repentance and, and reconnecting with the story during Lent. And then brought to this Easter, where resurrection can feel like a new thing in our lives. My first, my first uh, prayer for you is that resurrection feels like a new thing in your life today, as always. Um, I don't know how many people here watched Game of Thrones, but 
the first season of Game of Thrones. Anybody here watch the first season of Game of Thrones? Okay. Now, Game of Thrones was a little bit uh, mean for me. It was mean, it was raw, it was dirty, it was rough. I, I, I must admit, I, I couldn't watch it past that season. Uh, but it probably better reflected life in, in many previous centuries, just in terms of the dirtiness and the roughness and the, um, the presence of death and, and um, brutality. But at the end of the first season, Sean Bean, who plays, I don't even remember the name of the character, but plays like pretty much the only good character in the show up till then, I mean, everybody's mixed. But the only character you really felt like, this is the good guy, right? Plus, very famous actor playing the role. And by the end of the season, he's being held by this little twit of a king who's threatening to, it's true, who's threatening to, was it, he was, threatening to execute him. Now, all of us who didn't read the books knew that something was gonna happen so that he would be rescued, or at least so that the execution would be stayed, or at least so that there was some, some question or somebody else took over. There had already been a change of kings by this time, so somebody else took over. I mean, we just knew that was gonna happen. Extremely famous actor, lead character, only good character. What happens at the end of the first season? Gets he gets executed. We're all sitting there watching the executioner get ready, think, knowing, knowing something is gonna happen. Something is gonna happen to save him, right? This, this cannot be the case. And then we see the executioner cut his head off. And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And we watch wrong things happen in stories all the time. But this was not only wrong in terms of morally wrong in the story. It was wrong because that's not how stories go. That's, that's not how they go. Jesus' disciples had been journeying with him, had been listening to him, Jesus was expanding on some of what they had been taught in, in the Old Testament. But Jesus was also saying, this, this, is what my, this is what my father promised you. This is what was promised to Adam. This is what has been told through the prophets. This is the, the covenant that has been renewed over and over again. I am coming to teach you how to live it. And to connect with your whole lives. And so they'd been following this, and he had been, been telling them about what was gonna happen. And we know that Peter, no, nah, it's not gonna happen. No, it won't happen. And, and there were all sorts of promises made and expectations. But then he was crucified. And all these people who had left everything and followed him were at a loss. What, what do we do now? This is not how the story goes. This cannot possibly be how the story goes if this man was, in fact, the anointed of Christ. Messiah means anointed. The anointed, I'm sorry, the anointed of God. 
the anointed Christ. Can't be. But it was. So they locked themselves away to protect themselves because nobody wanted to be at that point caught being a follower of him, except for some who said, let, me, let us take the body. And then those who were going in the early morning to anoint the body, because what happens to a body after several days? Stays. Decays, it stays. So they heard that was, that was how they were going to be. And because they weren't able to anoint him before burial. I mean, one of the things that I think a lot of us take for granted is that when we die, those of us who we leave who are loved ones will do something with our remains and very often will have some sort of service. I will tell you that one of the services that we were singing on Good Friday, What Wondrous Love Is This?, I was telling Brad, this is on my funeral request list because I have in the back of my hymnal a funeral request list for anybody who's around when it's time for my funeral. And they're my favorite hymns. And then it dawned on me, you know what? Jesus didn't get a funeral. And that wasn't a surprise to me, but I just never thought about it in those terms before. And then I started to think about some of those people. We, you know, we are hearing about what's going on in Ukraine and all the bodies that are being found. And we hear about what happens in some of the places in Sub-Saharan Africa. And we hear about what happens in Syria. And we hear about what happens in some of the deserts of northern Mexico. Those people don't get funerals which means those who love and mourn them don't get that opportunity to, to gather, to celebrate the love for that person, and to really hand that person back into God's care. Now, we know that they're still in God's care. Whether or not we've had the memorial, the funeral, the ritual, they're still in God's care. But part of the way that we handle loss is by sharing together the mourning and being there for people who are mourning to mourn with them and to share the memories. Jesus' followers didn't get to do that. So here we have some people sneaking off, sneaking off to tend to the body. And the body's not there. So it says they were terrified. They were terrified, but they were also uh, probably mystified and thwarted. What do we do now? This Jesus isn't here. All we wanted to do was anoint the body. That's all we wanted to do, and he's not here. I'm talking about this because I want, I want us to feel that there, there is a weight to this that we don't have to live through, but we're asked to remember so that we can experience, well, what are those renewals of life that happen within us? So when these angels say, he's not here, why do you look for the living among the dead? Now, again, as a woman, I want to say, why can't you just say it straight? What, what, tell me what you want to mean. So much of what Jesus says 
is in this rhetorical style that is inviting us to learn and grow. And sometimes I, I, I want to go, Jesus, just make it easy for me. OK, Jesus was making it easy for us by taking on the Roman Empire, by taking on all the brokenness, by taking on the fact that we turn away from God moment by moment, year by year, generation by generation, and reminding us that God's grace is there to draw us back. Invite us to repent, which means turn around, and come again into the fullness of God's grace. So they're terrified, but then they run and tell the story. And then Peter goes, and Peter, who is just this great character because he messes up all the time in the Gospels, and then gets corrected, and all of a sudden he gets it. All of a sudden he gets it. So what are those things in your life that you think, wait a minute, it's not supposed to go like this. It's not supposed to happen like this. It's not supposed to be like this. And what, in the gift of grace, do you have the opportunity to experience differently? To experience with a certain vitality, to experience with new life, to experience beyond surviving, but saying, oh, this is what, this is what was meant. I hope you have those moments and share those moments with other people. That's what, that's what testifying is, by the way. It's not saying this is what you're supposed to believe. It's sharing. What are, these, what are these moments in my life where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I experience what it means to encounter God's grace, what it means to be forgiven for the ways that I err, mess up, sin. I don't care what your word is for it. For the ways that I live and think and encounter people in a way that's not life-giving. And what are the ways that Jesus says, let that go, let that go. It's part of why we let go at the beginning of worship service. Let go of the junk. We let go of it also during confession. Because that's the stuff that weighs us down. That's the stuff that keeps us in the grave. And as we talked about in our remembrance of baptism, we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge the brokenness in your life. So that then you can say, whoa, whoa, there's something new here. And there's something new here that it doesn't matter how many times I, I was told that this was new. I get it just in this moment. Because God is there in the pain and in the death and in the crying and in the terror. 
And then God is there in the coming past that, coming past the rock of the tomb. And at the end, Peter bows down, knowing that all these things that Jesus had told him have come to pass. And starts giving these sermons like we heard read from. Uh, was Corinthians Day? Was it Corinthians Day? I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. Philippians? Thank you. I invite you to just let go. If there are things that you've been that you've been angry about, frustrated about, uh, my language is tripping about, fussing about, if there are if there are grudges that you're holding against people. Determine if there's something you can do about it. And then do it. Whether it's not fair or, I mean, whether it's fair or not, do it. If there's something you can't do about it, let it go. Being angry isn't helpful if, there's, if it doesn't help us make some change. Let it go. And then I just invite you to share that with one another because that's also where we experience resurrection, is in that community, in that community with one another. I'm going to turn the cross because this cross, even though it has a very subtle, it's a very subtle crucifix. This is our Easter cross. This is our Easter cross that reminds us always that there's a new life beyond the cross after the resurrection. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You guys did good. <laughs> you did good.
I just had to remember that I was leading, and when I, when I heard other voices, I didn't necessarily need to let that happen. On this day of resurrection and joy, let us offer our prayers for ourselves, our neighbors, and our world. And your, your response will be receive our prayer. Renewing God, the good news of your resurrection changed the world. Give church leaders and all the baptized the same excitement as the women at the tomb and inspire us to share your abundant life. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Sustaining God, your creation abounds with sounds of new life in budding trees and newborn creatures. Provide fertile soil, ample sunlight, nourishing rain for the growth of plants and provide farmers with a plentiful harvest. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Sheltering God, strengthen and sustain all who support vulnerable people across the world. Empower government agencies and international organizations that provide for refugees and migrants forced to leave their homelands. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Encouraging God, you do a new thing among us. We pray for those gripped by fear and anxiety or who suffer in a way. Send us as your healing presence to places of hunger, pain, illness, or overwhelming sorrow. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Surprising God, you offer endless ways for us to delight in your grace. Give this community of faith a sense of joy and wonder in exploring new avenues of faith formation, worship, and discipleship. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Resurrecting God, you make us alive in Christ. Thank you for blessing us with faithful witness who now rest with you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We offer to you these petitions and those we carry in our hearts trusting in your abundant and ever-present mercy. Amen. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal, or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign, and you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wonder and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen.
God, remember us in your, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and glory forever and ever. Amen. As we recite the mission statement for Resurrection Lutheran Church. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. Receive the benediction. God, the author of life, Christ, the living cornerstone and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and evermore. Amen. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.